Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to Breakdowns, Breakthroughs, and Awakenings. My name's Rochelle, and I will be your host and guide as we navigate exploring some of the darker, more taboo areas of this beautiful journey called life. On top of being a spiritual intuitive and an intuitive energy worker, I'm also someone who has worked through a lot of personal trauma from this life and lives before. And what I've found is that though our darkest moments have the ability to completely break us down, they can also apply the right amount of pressure that we need to break through and awaken to our soul's true purpose. I created this podcast to shine light on the shadows we all have, to offer hope to those who are struggling and to allow a safe space for those of us who want to dig deeper and fully commit to our healing journeys. Only when we bring our shadows into the light are we able to transmute and heal. And right now, the world needs that more than ever. We'll talk about everything from spirituality to mental health, conscious kink to religion, and anything else you request. This is a non-judgmental space and I am here to serve for the highest good of all. I hope you enjoy and I encourage you to connect with our community. Find us on Facebook or Instagram using the links in the show notes or book a card reading. I would absolutely love to open up my channel and pass along any messages the divine has for you at this time. Remember, though life in this chaotic world can feel very lonely, you are never alone. I am always sending love and we'll speak soon. Okay, my friends, hello, welcome to episode 13, the episode that wasn't sure if it was going to be because I intentionally set out to do 12 of these episodes and you guys are loving it and I'm loving it and here we go forward. So I got a lot to say today. Um, This is actually the the fourth time actually that I've really sat down to try to record this. Um, I'm really feeling the message like slow down to speed up. I feel like there's a lot that wants to come through today and it's something that all of this needs to be heard and so I'm going to really try to take my time and ensure that I'm not missing anything as we go through but I really feel like this weekend was the culmination of a lot of inner work that I have been doing over the last few years. It was a time for some truths, some hard truths on my side to be revealed. And it it also like gave me the opportunity to expand and really see and feel what is coming for me, for my business, for my family, for the the collective conscious um, going forward. So there was a lot that went on this weekend and we're on the first day of a new moon and just the timing feels beautiful and I'm, I'm so excited. So today's episode is going to be lengthy. So what I would encourage you to do is if you're home and you're just like chilling and you want to listen to this, get out your your yoga mat, maybe get out a blanket, do some cozy yoga, snuggle, maybe color, like make use of this time that you're listening to this to feed your soul. 
um, and really like connect with yourself. So yeah, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about all of the things and let's just get into it. Just a few of the things that are going to come up in this episode are, we're going to talk about generational healing. We're going to talk about like childhood wounds, different timelines, paying attention to your intuition, um, pattern, repetition, like it's going to be a lot and I'm excited. So I'm going to just do a quick little backtrack for those of you guys who don't know me well or who might be new to the community and welcome if that is you. Uh, We're so happy to have you here and I would really encourage you to connect on Instagram. Um, That's kind of my most vocal platform. So if you want to join the community, learn more about tuning into your intuition and just becoming the more authentic version of yourself, then please do connect on Instagram. All the links to everything will be in the show notes below. But I basically went on this journey a few months ago. I've been diving deep into personal development for about eight years. I had a total breakdown when I became a mom and it kind of forced me. That was my rock bottom, my cracking open point where it forced me to reach out for help. And since then, I've been on a real journey. And part of what came from that time was the the desire or feeling... Um, the the push to raise awareness around maternal mental health and so I was doing some coaching for a while and really trying to get things going in that space and I was just having so much resistance it took like a good three years for pretty much nothing to happen I mean I worked with some people and I put together an online program and like it was great it was everything that I accomplished while I was working in that space was great but it didn't feel good it felt like I was always pushing and pushing and pushing and so one of the things that I've been learning more about is that once you get into your spiritual journey like if something is right for you it should flow you shouldn't have to push 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 it should just flow and you should be able to receive the benefits of it as if it's just like drinking water like natural and so I was like why am I having so much trouble with this like it's been three years I'm pushing this it's not happening I don't know what else I'm supposed to be doing but I've been getting more and more intuitive and more in touch with my spirit guides over the last few years and I I had this feeling that if I were to cut out relationships from my life, like romantic relationships and cut out alcohol and cut out weed and just really focus on going internal, I felt like I would find the solution to my problem. I didn't know how or any of that, but I really felt like I needed the answers and that going inward was the way to get them. And so I went on this 90 day challenge where I decided not to have sex, not to drink or smoke weed. I was really taking care of myself. And what happened in those 90 days is that my intuition really blossomed and I started being able to connect with angels and spirits on the other side and get not just messages for myself, but other people. And so I've been through this, going through this journey where I've become like I've really been able to tap into the gifts that I had because my channel has been clear. They've been here all along. You have them as well. Every single one of us has these intuitive abilities. It's just whether or not we decide to feed them. And so at the end, well, actually not even at the end of the 90 days, but through the 90 days within about probably four weeks, I was like, I'm getting messages for other people. And so I started 
intuiting these messages and they were really landing with people and so my whole career transitioned and I found myself at the end of this 90 days doing energy work doing readings doing healings and I was like this is amazing and I won't talk too much about this for too long but just if you're new here I want you to understand kind of how my journey has been because it's all about paying attention to your intuition and so my career changed. It's been amazing. I'm absolutely loving what I am doing now in this intuitive space. And as I got towards the end of the 90 days, I was like, okay, like alcohol is clearly not serving me anymore. So I'm going to continue with the sobriety journey, but I am not willing to give up sex. Like I'm not ready to give up sex. I don't have any desire to give up sex. And so I went on Bumble and I connected with somebody he lives in Vancouver, which is not, it's close, but it's not like I'm on an island. So there's like a, a drive and then a ferry ride and then a drive. Um, so that wasn't ideal, but we had such a good connection. He was here for work. Um, we, we connected, we hung out a few times. Everything went really well, like very conscious person. He's sober as well. Um, he's been sober for 16 years. He mentors other people in their journeys um, like spiritual, everything. I was like, okay, um, yes. And thank you universe. Like I took a break and this is what I got. Amazing. Um, and just like really excited about it. And when he left Victoria, we were like, okay, well, when can we see each other again? Started planning this visit. This weekend worked out. It's a long weekend here. Today is family day. And so we were like, yes, let's do it. This sounds great. So if if you don't know, and maybe you don't experience this, like for highly sensitive people, for empaths, for people who tend towards more anxious um, vibes at times, traveling can be really exhausting because it's unfamiliar place. There's a feeling of uncertainty, potentially unsafe feeling. Um, it can be just really exhausting. And then you're taking on everybody else's energy. So it's a lot. And I was not... Like I, as a result of that, didn't travel a lot in my life. I am getting more open to it now and getting genuinely more excited about traveling and going different places and seeing the world because I've worked on my mindset so much and I believe now that the world is like a fascinating place and it's not scary like I was raised to believe. But I was like, you know, there's really no reason that I can't go and visit this guy. But even though like... I am at a place where I'm much more comfortable with my relationship with myself now and my confidence in myself. It was still really draining and like a lot for me to do that. And so as I was, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure because I felt conflicted, like I felt conflicted about going, but it felt right. It was mostly my mind that was like, well, should I be doing this? And what's going to happen? And, you know, long term, how is this going to work? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I just feel like I need to be there. So I'm going to go. As I was driving out to the ferry, I got a message from this guy saying that something had come up for him work-wise and he was going to have to be at a dinner on Saturday night. And so my automatic reaction was, well, that fucking sucks. But like one of the things that I appreciate and respect about him is that he has built a really great career for himself. Like he's built a great life and, you know, I think that's wonderful and 
I certainly can, you know, being a business owner, I appreciate that there are sometimes things that you have to show up for and do. And I didn't want to, I'm really trying to shift out of this codependent vibe where it's like, no, you have to be here every day and you have to like entertain me every day. Like obviously that's not a healthy way to be. And so I was trying to just like be cool with it. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Thank you for letting me know. Like, I'll stay home. His dog was there. He's got like a big, adorable Bernie's Mountain Doodle slash Poodle. Um, a Berna Doodle. So fucking cute. So I was like, that's fine. I'll just hang out with him and like, we'll be good. And so I'm, you know, kind of like mentally preparing to just... I'm trying to, as I'm going over on the ferry, I'm trying to like not have expectations. I'm just like, okay, Rochelle, like you're choosing to come over here. You want to get to know this guy better. You had fun while you were spending time together. So just like, let it be like, let whatever is going to be, be. And I was very conscious as well when I was going over there of like letting go of the like attachment to some kind of end result. It's like, because that's one of the things that I'm learning a lot about with manifesting is you have to let go of the end result and you just have to like go and flow and do and whatever it's going to be, it's going to be and you really can't control everything. And so I was like, I will just go and just enjoy being there and I'm just going to get what I can out of it. So I arrived Friday night, um, good time. He made dinner for me, like very nice. We just hung out inside uh, at his place and I was really exhausted from traveling. So at like 8.30, I was like, I'm ready for bed. And he was like, yeah, I'm not quite ready. And I was like, that totally makes sense. Like it's eight o'clock. Don't worry about it. Um, He's like, I'll come up and snuggle you in a bit. But if I can't sleep, then I'm going to go sleep in the spare bedroom. And I was like, okay. I am a huge advocate for sleep. It's really important. And so I do understand that he wanted to get a good sleep. And so did I, because I was like, if I don't get a good sleep tonight, the whole weekend's going to be fucked because I'm going to be crabby. And so I did understand, but it was a little bit disappointing because if you look at it this way, like I traveled to come and see you and now I'm going to bed by myself and I also ended up waking up by myself. And so it was a little bit disappointing. Um, but it, it just kind of was what it was and I was just trying to like let it flow. And so in the morning, I woke up, went downstairs. He was, he does an AA meeting every day. So he was in an online AA meeting. And I was like, okay, this is fine. Like, go give him a little hug. And then I went into the living room, took my yoga mat out, and I just did my stretching. And I was listening to the meeting. And at one point, he was asked to share. And I'm sure you guys um, probably already know this, but if you don't, in AA, the first thing, no matter who you are or what you're sharing, the first thing you always do is introduce yourself and tell everybody that you're an alcoholic. So it's like, hi, my name's Mark. I'm an alcoholic. And then he got into his thing and I was like, wow, that's like, as he said it, I was like, that's a really brave thing to take ownership of. Like, you guys know how kind of passionate I've been about like, you know, breaking stigmas like mental health, anxiety, depression, working in the sex industry. I'm all about breaking down the stigma and the shame around stuff. But when he said it, it definitely triggered something in me. And I was like, oh, like, oh, I don't I don't think I could ever say that. Like, I don't know if I could ever have those words come out of my mouth. And it, it was funny how this has all happened, because even though like I went about the journey of becoming sober because I wanted to 
create space for more opportunity in my life there's been a little thing in the back of my head that's like yeah but also you're an addict and so it was triggering for me but also I was like that's brave and bold and badass like good for you for being able to own it right because when we own those bits of ourselves that we don't like that's when we can really integrate and become whole Um, no bad parts you know what I'm saying all of the parts act as the whole come together to create the whole and so he had his meeting and then he was done and then he had to talk to a sponsee and so I went up and I called Millie and we had our little morning chat Um, and the day it just felt like a little bit of a chaotic vibe even from the time that I arrived on the Friday night which was interesting because when we were spending time together on like when he was in Victoria, one of the things that I said to him was like, your energy is very solid and stable and I really appreciate that. Um, and I actually asked him, I was like, are you this calm all the time? Cause like, I really like it. And he was like, he's like, no, like when I'm at home and I'm working, you know, things get crazy and you know, I'm, I'm kind of detached right now. So it's like a good vibe. And I was like, yeah, I really like that a lot. And that was definitely not how he was vibrating when he was in his own environment. And so like just for example he was trying to figure out like what what we want to do and like you know Friday night's already passed it's Saturday morning he's going out Saturday night so I was like I don't know like hang out at home like I don't really want to do anything I just want to be with you and get to know you and like converse and cuddle and like hang out with the dog like that's all I want to do and he was like yeah well my friend was like asking if we could maybe do lunch with him and his family and I've got this woman coming over at 12 because I'm going away and she's going to take care of the dog and she has to take care of this and blah blah blah. and I was thinking we go for a walk in the forest and I was like okay we only have like six hours to spend together today so like maybe let's not do all that shit (laughs) it was stressing me out I was like I just want to relax like that's why I came here I don't want to go and do a bunch of stuff you know we talked about going for a walk in the forest I would really love to do that so like can we just make that happen and then maybe push everything else for tomorrow so we didn't end up doing the brunch but his the dog lady did come over because she that was the only time she could come and do that um But it just felt to me like, and this is different expectations, right? This is me putting my expectations on. But like when I have a guest, I don't create a bunch of plans. Like I let the guest lead and it's like, okay, well, like when my friend Michelle was, came to stay with us, um, last year around Christmas time, I was like, well, what do you want to do? And if you don't want to do anything, like let's just stay home and order dinner every night. Like, I don't care. I just want to have fun and make sure that you enjoy your time. Right. Whereas I felt like he was really pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, Very similar to how I had been pushing my career. And it's that overexertion of masculine energy that we see in our society so much. Um, That kind of fucks things up. Like we have to just allow, there has to be a balance. But mostly people need to learn to just like chill out and let things flow in. So once the lady who came to do the dog stuff left we packed up the dog we went into the forest and this was a hundred percent down like hands down the best part of the the whole time over there because Vancouver is like such a bigger city than Victoria I was expecting to feel like really overwhelmed and when I was driving I did feel that way a little bit but I also really felt extremely grounded actually when I went to this forest in particular like it was a huge forest such big old beautiful trees and 
I just felt really connected to nature, to my guides, like open channel. It was feeling really good. And as we were going through the forest, I saw out of the corner of my eye a painted rock. And I was like, oh, I got to go grab that for Millie. I'm going to go check that out Um, because we love painted rocks and we've done them and hidden them. And it's such a fun little treat to come across in the forest. And so I went over to the tree and there was like probably 25 different painted rocks and they were all done like really beautifully like glossed shiny beautiful painted rocks and it was like it was like a moment in my life even as I'm saying it I'm getting I'm getting shivers where like I felt like the universe was presenting me with options because every single rock that I really like tuned in and paid attention to reminded me of somebody in my life and some path that I could be taking. And it was just like, these are your options, Rochelle. It was like I could look at these rocks and see different timelines happening. And um, so I just like, I took my time. I just stood there. I was like, okay, these are all of these variations of things that can be happening. Because as I was there, like, something felt off but I knew that I was there for a reason I knew that because I was so connected I was supposed to be in Vancouver like this trip was supposed to be happening and there was something for me to learn and understand there and so I looked through the rocks I picked one for Millie and I kind of just carried on and one of one of the rocks that was really impactful for me and it was ironic because while I was there, I was ovulating. Like I'm very in touch with my cycle. And I was ovulating. And one of the rocks that we found there, um, it was like a, a silhouette of a pregnant woman with a heart inside the belly. And the heart was blue. And everything in Mark's house is blue. Like that's his color. And I was like, okay, this is like confirmation for me that if I were to stay here and settle into life with this guy I would have more babies and my life would be not mine anymore because for me like I'm done having babies I don't want that anymore I I'm very content with where I am in life and it was just like it was like a gift to see that because I was like okay this is not this is not my path like this is not my life um but I'm going to just enjoy the time that I'm here and just be present. And so we went home. He had to then start getting ready for dinner. I I asked him when it started and he said it started at 7. But he had to like go into the city and go to the office and do a couple things before he went to dinner. And so this is where things get weird. Um, I had already picked up on the fact that he was not great at communication and had already spoken to him about it and I was just like look like if we're especially not living in the same city like I do need you to kind of communicate with me a little bit more like I want to check in with you throughout the day and like see how you're doing because that's what you do when you like somebody and he was like okay yeah no I hear you and then he would like start calling me more and then it would kind of fade off and so I knew communication was not his strong set um but he's getting ready to go out. And I was like, so do you think like you have an approximate time that you're going to be back tonight? And he's like, well, they know that I don't drink. And so it's not going to be like a party thing. But also it's like the big boss who's here. So I can't really tell you for sure. He kept saying, I don't really have control over it. He's like, I don't really have control over it, but like probably around 10. And I was like, okay, so is this one of those times where you say 10, but really you mean 1130? Because like, I just feel like it's not going to be 10. And he's like, 
he's like, well, like I said, I don't really have control. And I was like, red flag, hashtag, asterisk. Actually, you do have control because you're in control of yourself. So even if it's like going late, like you actually can choose to leave. But side note, anyways. And so off he went. I stayed home. I had brought my computer. So I was working on some affirmation videos and... I did just like some energy work on myself and I had like a little quiet evening. I laid down on the couch at about 8.30. I sent him a message. or Actually, so he sent me a message. It was just like kisses and then like a little kissy face. And I sent him a message. I said, how's it going? And he never got back to me. And so I fell asleep on the couch. I woke up at about 10 o'clock. I checked my phone again, still nothing. And I was like, he, here's the other thing. He told me that he was going to have his phone, right? He's walking up the door. He's like, he's like, yeah, I know this sucks that I have to go do this, but like I'm, I have my phone. So, you know, it's not like you're isolated or whatever. And I was like, okay, hey, yeah, thanks. Good to know. And so he still hadn't responded to my message by 10. And I was like, Mark, like you are a lovely person, but your communication is shit. And I just put a little poop emoji and still didn't get back to me. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to bed now. So I went upstairs, me and the dog, this like 85 pound adorable Bernadoodle who I actually do believe had a piece of my past dog's soul reincarnated into him. But anyways, uh, went up to bed and I just couldn't get to sleep. And, you know, it could be because it was like a new place, not my place, not my city. There was a party happening next door. Um, I just couldn't get to sleep. And so... I sent him a message at like 11 o'clock and I was like, is everything going okay? Like how, how's things like, are you going to be home soon? And I didn't hear back from him. And so at about 1130, I called him. His phone was off. 12 o'clock, haven't heard from him. 1230, haven't heard from him. One o'clock in the morning, I called him one more time. His phone was on now. But he wasn't picking it up. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this guy. But like this is unacceptable in my opinion. And if you guys are connected with me on Instagram, please send me a message and let me know what you think about this. Because like I just believe this is like common courtesy to like tell somebody at least check in. Especially if you're going to say that you have your phone and you're available, check in, right? Like this is common human courtesy that was not being extended to me. And so it was one o'clock in the morning. He's not answering his phone. I was like, okay, fuck this. So I start looking at the ferry schedule. I'm like, I'm not going to stick around and waste my time. Like I could not think of a single reason that he would have been able to justify the behavior that he was um, like exuding to me unless something had happened. Like if he was in a car accident or something, but even then like his phone had been turned off and then it was on. So I was like, he's obviously like fine. And anyway, so I just like, I went downstairs, I started packing my stuff. I was like, I am not here for this and went to bed. Didn't hear him come in in the morning. And I was thinking to myself, like, there's no way that he could have come in quietly because I'm sure the dog would have woken up like the dog is huge and he was sleeping on the bed with me so I was like I'm sure that I would have heard him but I woke up at six o'clock I took the dog out to go to the bathroom I looked outside his car was there so he did come home at some point between one and six and I was like okay so he didn't come to bed like it would have been nice if he had come in and checked in with me because obviously I was concerned about him based on the amount of messages I sent 
And I was like, he must be in the back room, like where he had slept the night before. And so I went to check in the back room and the door was locked. And I was like, okay, so he's in here. The door is locked. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I want nothing more than to just get the hell out of here. So I packed up all my stuff. I said goodbye to the dog. I left to the ferry and I sent him a message on my way just being like, I don't know like where you think that this is okay to like treat somebody this way, especially because like we had had communication about like consent and BDSM and talking about like how I like things rough, but he really wants to respect women. And so like we have to be slow and gentle. Like we'd had this conversation and then he was so disrespectful. So it was just, it blew my mind. I was like, is this really happening? Like what is going on right now? But I was really proud of myself because I was like, you know what? I think a lot of women would have just like waited up all night when they got home, had a big fight, probably went to bed angry, probably woken up angry, had another fight, probably chose to still stay and still try to work on the relationship. And so I was just like, no, like I am intuitively tuning in here. This is not for me. I'm not wasting another second of my life. Like I already spent two days of my life like here and was completely disrespected so fuck that and here I go I'm going home so off to the ferry got home um I'm gonna wrap this part up here and we're gonna get into part two but got home and you guys didn't hear from him like I I sent him that message And then around 11.30 when I got home, I sent him another message. I was like, do you really not have like anything to say for yourself? And then I tried calling him a couple of times, not picking up his phone. He sends me a message back finally at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sorry that I stayed out so late and that you feel like your weekend was wasted. I feel like we're not aligned in several areas. Wish you the best. I was like... Wow. And then I, so then I was like, you, I sent him a message. like, you don't have the decency to like pick up the phone and have a phone call with me about this. Like, wow, extremely disappointed. And, and then, you know what I did? I was like, I am holding on to this energy around him that is negative and gross and I don't like it. And like, I'm checking my phone to see if he's messaging me back. This is not my vibe. I don't want to be here. So I deleted all of our conversations. I blocked his number. I blocked him on Instagram. I took him off as one of my followers and I was like, I'm done. And so at the end of the day, I'm really proud of myself that it shows that I've really come a long way and that I've grown to like being able to make choices like that quickly. Um, And just to like not waste my time. Like my time is worth something. I have value. And if he can't respect that, then he doesn't deserve to fucking be around me. So that is part one of the story. Part two of this episode is really about childhood trauma, repeating patterns, and healing. And embracing your darkest piece in order to really like break the generational chain like we all have multiple generational chains that we can break if we so choose and there are a few that I know I'm consciously aware that have already happened already broken them down but I do also feel like there's still a few to go 
And the biggest one really became clear to me this weekend about what it is and about how to break it. And it's tough because it makes me have to own up to some stuff that I don't want to own up to, but I have already chosen to do and have declared. And so one of the things that happened to me this weekend, and this is like another honestly like lengthy bit here, but before I went to go to Vancouver, I had a session of cranial sacral therapy with this awesome woman, Heather Frazier. She's one of the teachers at the yoga studio that I go to. Um, She does cranial sacral out of her home as well as a few other like massage and things like that. And I had never done it before. I've done lots of body work, but I hadn't done this. And basically what it is, is like she goes through your body and puts, um, like she helps move stagnant energy basically. And on my way out to see her, I had to pass by my dad's house, which I very rarely do. You guys will know. And if you don't, my dad was awful to all of the kids in my family in some way or another. Um, he is the root cause of a lot of my issues and trauma. Uh, I've been working through that recently, but you know, it doesn't make it any easier. And so as I'm on my way out to see her, um, I just get this like full body feeling of like, ugh. and when I was having the work done, she's like, you know, sometimes like stuff can come up for people. I was like, yep, Heather, don't worry. I've done a lot of work. I get it. Like <laughs> if I start crying because you're touching my toe in a weird way and it's bringing up a memory, like I know it's normal. Um, and so what I was noticing was as she was working through particularly the right side of my body, which if you don't know, is the side that is housing the masculine energy as she's working through the side of my body, like I'm feeling very uncomfortable, um, like pain in my body, emotions are coming up. I'm thinking about my dad, thinking about my ex-husband, my daughter, like the men that have been in my life and just like feeling really uncomfortable. When she moved around to the right side, that became a lot more comfortable for me. And I had a jade stone in my left hand, which was quite large to represent abundance. And I was just like really feeling like calling in the abundance and like money is coming in and my impact is going to increase and all of these good things as she's working through the right side of the body, which is the receiving side, the feminine energy side, or sorry, the left side of the body. And so... I I went into this weekend like just having been kind of ignited with these memories and just like really feeling my inner child, really feeling like my inner child who just really wants to be loved and feel safe and protected is just like very much so she's present as I'm going forward with this weekend. And as I've been, you know, like working my way through the BDSM relationships and these power dynamic relationships where I'm looking for these men to take on this role of daddy who, which like Mark and I did talk about and like what daddy means to me. And it's really somebody who's like a mentor and a protector and who like has your, the, the highest good for you in mind and is not just like selfish with what they want of you and you know yeah that can translate to being like really aggressive and in the bedroom and me like being a good little servant girl and I I enjoy it um but it's so much more than that and it's really about like having your partner's best interests at heart and doing what you 
know would be best for them, right? That's a daddy to me. And so Mark and I had already started kind of playing this role out and it was just like additional insult to injury when he was not there on the Saturday night because I was like, this is absolutely not what a fucking good daddy would do. Like you don't leave your partner in an unfamiliar city in the middle of the night and like not be able, like leave them out of communication with you. Like this is not what a daddy would do. So clearly you don't know what you're doing. Um, you're not the daddy for me, but it went deeper than that because I'm like laying in bed. I was sitting in bed on my phone playing some mindless game. I was listening to Beyonce and I was just like very aware that I, again, have been abandoned by my daddy. And it was so interesting because like I've become very aware that I am, repeating a cycle with the men that I've been in relationships with of trying to find this protector who will like be there and like do anything that would need to be done and I'm aware that I'm calling that person daddy and I up to this point have been under the impression that it's because I'm trying to reclaim that relationship and write it right like correct it and have a daddy in my life who like actually gives a shit and but even though I'm like doing this consciously and like you know I'm educated on it and I'm wise and I'm tapping into my intuition and I'm doing it mindfully I'm still sitting here on a Saturday night 33 years old like left alone in the night by my daddy and you know it just it took me back to like being a kid because my dad worked overnights and so I was always left alone at night like my mom was there but I never felt safe and even with my last partner Danny like he would never spend the night because he was married as to my knowledge in an open marriage um but he would never spend the night and so It's like, how is this happening again? Like, why have I called this in? And this was one of the big struggles as I was going through this weekend. I was like, why the fuck did I call this situation into my life? Because I do believe that subconsciously or consciously we call situations into our lives in order to like work through something, whatever it might be. Um, We might not be aware at the time, but I believe that that's how we function as humans. And so I was like, I don't know why I called this in. This is a weird, (laughs) a weird situation for me to be in, but there's obviously something to it. And so I just, I looked at my phone. I decided to take the ferry home and off I went the next day. But I was, I was also thinking about when I got home yesterday, how when I first started this sobriety journey, like I would get very anxious when night started to come and living where I live, there's a lot of traffic. And when I hear like big trucks go by, that was really triggering for me as well because my dad used to do like newspaper delivery. So we drive like a big, he drove a big five ton truck. And so hearing that truck start up at night at like 10 o'clock, it was like, okay, like dad's going to work and now we're alone and we're in this house with these partiers next door. And there's just all this conflict and awfulness happening. And there's no man here to protect you. And I always felt extremely vulnerable. And yesterday when I was meditating after coming home, I could really feel my inner child. Um, like I've done a lot of work on this with one of my coaches Jay and like very specific different pieces of my inner child and where they reside in my body and what they're dealing with and the girl 
the little girl who's about three years old who lives in my throat space is was like feeling very vulnerable and afraid and I had a little chow with her and you know I let her know that even though that was a scary situation I was never gonna let anything happen to her and I am here for her and she doesn't need to be worried and then I I yesterday so I came home I had this awesome, beautiful friend of mine, David, who was house-sitting, cat-sitting. He had made me a bunch of food and like bought groceries and I didn't have to like worry about anything when I got home. There was lunch made for me. It was the best thing ever because I was just feeling so awful. I was feeling very like in pain, like physical, emotional, just sad, garbagey. I was really feeling like just painful and we were sitting here talking about it and I was like, I think I'm going to smoke weed tonight. And he's been also on a sobriety journey. We started it right around the same time as each other. And he's like, yeah, are you sure? There's like nothing else that you could do like that to help with what you're going through. And I was like, you know, I could, yeah, like I could go to yoga. I could go do an ocean dip. I could go whatever, but I really feel like I'm just going to smoke weed tonight because I don't want to feel my feelings right now. And I don't want to, Like I just need to get out of my mind and into my body and process through like what is going on. And he was like, yeah, okay. I was like, if you wanted to help me with that, you could not be judgmental. (laughs) Like that's what I would really appreciate from you is just like not being judgmental. I'm doing my best. Like, and he's like, no, there's no judgment here at all. Don't even worry about it. And so he left. I spent a bit of time by myself. I kind of unpacked and I was like, really consciously deciding if I was going to smoke weed or not and I was like you know what yes I'm going to smoke weed and so I went I bought a joint and when I was downstairs I just smoked a little bit and then I was like you know I'm gonna have a little bit more and I smoked a little bit more and I was like okay Rochelle like this is the line where it's easy to cross like you're not smoking weed necessarily to like become disembodied like you want to get into your body you want to not feel the sadness of it but you're also like Something needs to come through and I didn't know what it was, but I knew that smoking a bit of weed would open the channel a little bit more and kind of connect me to the higher realm. And so I I stopped. I was like, that's more than enough and went upstairs, did some uh, like shaking of the body and like kind of really shaking out the gross feeling And pretty much instantly I had the realization of what needed to come through for me and what this whole weekend was about. And it was really about me understanding that I'm an alcoholic. And it's tough to say that because there is so much stigma and shame and like, you know, we feel like we're bad people, but the truth is that when we struggle with substance use, whether it's drugs or alcohol or even just smoking weed, like, or, you know, like exercise addiction or work addiction, like there's all different types of addiction. It's because we've been through tough shit and like we don't always have the capacity or like ability to manage and so we either numb ourselves or we make ourselves feel so good with endorphins or whatever it is like it's it's because there's pain and yesterday I believe that this whole weekend happened for me so that I could get back to a place where 
I felt that kind of pain where I felt like I needed to detach from it, but in a way that now because it's been so long since I've done that, that I was strong and mindful and intentional about the way that I went about it. I asked my guides to protect me and I asked if there was any messages to come through that they would channel through during that time and they immediately did and I looked, I brought my camera out, I looked into it, I looked at myself in the eye and I just said, well the digital eye, I just said, hi my name's Rochelle and I'm an alcoholic and there we have it, like this is, this is the key to really breaking the generational chain of trauma in my family. I feel it. I feel it very deeply that I need to, the only way to like gift my daughter a life that she doesn't need to heal from is to heal myself fully first. And being sober is part of that because if it's not here, then I'm not just like numbing my pain. I'm being more conscious. I'm learning how to deal with my thoughts and feelings and process things. And then I can teach her how to do it, which is how generational healing happens, right? Like we all wish it was easy and simple, and but it's not. Like <laughs> it is and it's not. Like it's easy and it's, it's, it's simple, but it's difficult. It's simple, but it's difficult because doing this type of work is painful. Um, it can be because you have to deal with all your shit. And so it was just really fascinating that all of this happened. Like, yes, I now acknowledge it. I I knew that I struggled with alcohol before. Um, but it was interesting because I remember my ex-husband saying to me one time, like, you know, he had kind of cut down his drinking. He's like, you know, Rochelle, you really inspired me. Like, cause you, you've never been really heavily into alcohol, but you know, when I did get back into it was when I became a mom. And the reason is because all my trauma came up. Um, I just wasn't aware of it in the beginning. And so when I look back at my life, it's like, I don't feel like I had a problem with alcohol, but I definitely abused it. And now that I'm looking back and really kind of like looking at it from a spiritual perspective, I can see how I used it to absolutely numb my pain. But it's it was a socially acceptable thing, right? Like we've kind of put this culture around drinking that's like, yeah, have a drink, have four drinks. We've put, like we've made it culturally acceptable to be alcoholics, like really to like have a few drinks and it's like, okay, well, nobody really needs a few drinks like one drink should be fine for anyone if you're drinking for enjoyment if you're drinking more than one drink like you're getting drunk and so like when I really look back it's like yeah okay I have been an alcoholic and I just didn't I didn't relate myself to it in the way like where my dad is an alcoholic because it was so obvious with him and it was like drinking and drinking and drinking and then he would become violent and like aggressive and I wasn't like that and so I was like I can't be an alcoholic like but alcoholism is insidious and it's very like I bet nine out of ten people are alcoholics who wouldn't call themselves that but if you're drinking you know like three to four glasses of wine or whatever a week I would say you have a struggle um, and it's just like being really compassionate with that. Actually, my friend Jay did a really great post about that recently, like just being more compassionate around alcoholism. Like we've lived in a really fucked up society and we have been abused and we're in pain. And so we drink and we use substances to numb our pain. And like having more conversation around that is really impactful. And I think the main thing too about like why it's it's scary for me to admit that 
that I'm an alcoholic is because now there's an accountability, right? Like now if anybody ever sees me having a drink, it's going to be like, oh, Rochelle's having a drink. I thought she was an alcoholic. It's like, or a recovering alcoholic. I'm in recovery now, officially today, February 20th, 2023. Um, but there is, and then there's more judgment that comes in and stuff like that. But I mean, people are going to judge you regardless. So you might as well just live your best life. And for me, that is being sober. <laughs> um, but but also having said that, I really do see where the value came in with the weed yesterday because it really just opened up that channel so I could get that message. And I also got a bunch of messages about how to proceed with my business going forward, which I'm so fucking excited about. And it's already in the works. And I'm going to be sharing that with you guys really soon. Um, but it's all moderation, right? Like, you know, one of the things with this guy that I was over on the weekend with, he was like, yeah, like I'm sober, but I don't mind if you drink or like whatever you do what you need to do. And I was like, well, I would really appreciate somebody who would actually not want me to drink because like they know that it's not in alignment with my highest purpose. And so I would actually prefer it if you encouraged me not to drink. Um, so it, not an enabler, like my last partner was an enabler, but this was not enabling, but it was like, yeah, just like, if you want to have a drink, it's fine. I'm at a point in my life where I can be around people who can drink. Right. And so like, that's where I want to get to. I want to get to a point where like, yeah, I can go out with people and they can have drinks and I don't have to have one and like feel good about it. Or like, you know, once in a while, if I want to smoke like a tiny bit of weed, because I feel like there's a intentional purpose for that then I would love to be able to do that as well. Um, but the thing about it is like you you go in this cycle, right? Like you open up, but then you crash down. There's like maybe a 90-minute time frame where you feel good and then it's like this slow, gradual decline all through the body into feeling like shit. And then like last night I slept for 12 hours, but part of that was because I was exhausted from the traveling. And then you have to like recuperate and it's like a whole cycle. And so it's like, do I really want to live my life that way? And the answer is no. But I also like don't want to close myself off to it forever. So I don't know where this is going to go. All I know is that not having substances, specifically alcohol, has served me really well over the last three plus months. I'm going to continue with my journey of sobriety. I am an alcoholic. I am going to continue to do my best to not partake, at least for the next year. I feel like or like making this up to a full year for Halloween this year. Like I really want to have 2023 be dry for me. Um, I think that's really important. Actually, I'm just going to say the whole year. Fuck taking it to Halloween. I want to do the whole year dry and just see where I'm at at the end of it and I just know that I'm going to be in such a better place and I'm so excited um but yeah like that was the weekend and that was basically like like I said at the beginning the culmination of just a lot of work that I have been putting in really feeling like it came together and just like at the end of this all I feel empowered I feel empowered I feel grateful um incredibly like really as well in particular for Dorian my ex-husband like I saw him this morning for family day I went over and spent some time with him and Millie and Millie went out for a play date later and he called me to check in on me and like see how I did this weekend and stuff and you know like I will say that we didn't have the perfect relationship but 
I felt like he was an amazing protector. Like he would have done anything for the family and, you know, just like a really great person. I'm so grateful that we're able to be in each other's lives in the way that we are still. Um, I'm really grateful for him and for my daughter and for all the wonderful people in my life. Like I have really good friends and I'm just feeling immensely grateful for my life and just like very sure that where I am is where I need to be. Um, very connected and just grateful. All right. One more thing before we wrap up here is that I just want to mention, you know, as I was talking about feeling like I needed a protector in my life and still in my thirties, like having been looking for that person to protect me and just not being able to find it. I had a really profound moment. If you guys were following me on Instagram, you'll know that I was posting a lot with my cards this weekend because I was really doing a lot of card pulls. I was really feeling a spirit talking to me through the cards this weekend and I this morning sat down I rearranged my furniture last night I felt like it was time we needed some fresh flow so this morning I sat down with my cards in my newly rearranged space and I did a pull and I I noticed that they're in the book for this this is the starseed oracle deck by Rebecca Campbell and um, Danielle Noel and I noticed that there is like a blessing in the front and I was like you know actually I did do this but I feel like it's time to do it again and so the blessing in the front of the book is if you guys remember that's the day I went into the forest and with my other deck I did this blessing and it was the first day that I was like really really in tune with spirit and so this was all about um, the starseed oracle attunement calling upon the ancient wisdom of the stars and Akasha um asking them to come in thanks the great cosmic mother and father and there's this piece that came through and it says great cosmic mother this is the prayer that they um give you to utilize when you're blessing your deck great cosmic mother i surrender to your holding grandmother moon i surrender to your rhythmic pulse great cosmic father i surrender to your protection grandfather son i surrender to your support and when i read that line great cosmic father I surrender to your protection it was like this whole new understanding of the power of holding the divine within yourself because like I am highly aware that you know we are only going to find love if we love ourselves first and like all of the inner work and becoming whole and everything but for some reason and I I think and feel it's because I was taught to believe in the religion that I grew up in that God the father outside of you is how you get protection like it, I wasn't raised to believe that the divine was in me there was no concept of that it was all about like externally reaching for this godhead or Jesus um and no it was very disempowering and so reading this was like it well the next piece goes on to say I bow to the wisdom of my inner temple and allows my my soul's true voice to step in it's basically all about the light being within you already and it just really hit me when I read that today I was like okay um I'm the protection like it's me I I cannot receive it from anyone else and that's why I haven't been able to find it and 
it's just funny because even though I'm so conscious of my life and like I'm aware of this kind of stuff like that love comes from the self and we're whole on our own and like you know working towards my journey of becoming whole I never considered the fact that the protector could come from me and it was interesting too the card that I pulled um before I did the blessing was cracked open and it was like rock bottom surrender to the alchemy of life and though I don't feel like I had a rock bottom this weekend definitely admitting that I'm an alcoholic that is a rock bottom piece for me almost like it's not like I'm rock bottom but it's like wow yeah crack me fucking wide open to like reveal the darkest deepest truth (laughs) so that I can evolve and move forward and then I did a second card pull I took the cards out I did the blessing here I took them out into nature I laid them all out on the forest ground and I got another one I pulled this one that was water your garden it's nourishment body care tenderness rest and it's a very loving Um, kind of indulgent self-love card and so yeah I just wanted to to throw that in there as well that like you know if there's it sounds cheesy and cliche and like everybody says these kinds of things but like you know sometimes it just takes that one person for you to hear it really like that one person saying it in that one way at that one time and so I just really want you to hear me when I say this that like you have everything you need inside of you whether that is love, like good enoughness, protection, worthiness, like it's all within you already. And I just, you're loved. Like you are loved and you are perfect as you are. And I really hope that you take that to heart and allow it to permeate your entire being. I hope that this was useful to you. Again, if you're not connected on Instagram yet, really great community is growing over there. So please join us. Um, lots more content on all of these things and, and just, just sending you love, you know, love and compassion and hoping that you're being gentle with yourself and we will speak soon, my friends. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and have a wonderful day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are.